Think about that. Hello and welcome to episode number 185 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, July 6, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, where if you've been watching the news, you know how the 4th of July here was. And from America's left coast, where over the weekend, 246 cars were stolen and 22 recovered. I'm Ryan Bemrose. That's not a good percentage. <laughs> no, it's not a great percentage. I, I was... Right before this show, I was actually trying to look up, see if if there was any comparison, like how many cars were in Chicago. And I found lots of stories about people in Chicago getting car jacked, which is significantly worse than having your car stolen off the street because there's yes. violence involved. Yes. So I'm not really making the Chicago comparison, but there were a lot of alarmist uh, news stories about how many cars got stolen on the 4th of July. People just park outside their cookout or whatever, and suddenly their car's not there when they come back. And that is way better than somebody putting a gun in your face and saying, give me your car. It's better, but you still don't have your car. True. Although here in Chicago, you have a pretty good chance now that you put your gun in somebody's face and say, give me your car. And they put their gun in your face and say, no, thank you. I, 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 yeah, I'm just imagining like if somebody jacks my car while I'm away from it, then I don't have a car. And that's really life changing. But if somebody tries to jack my car while I'm driving it, I just point my gun out the window, shoot him to the <laughs> face, whatever. And I'm like, I'm done. Well, I drive away. Uh, no harm. Yeah, I've seen it all. I remember going to. Uh, I can say that like I'm like I'm some kind of fucking badass. I don't know. I've never shot anyone yet. There's plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. Even in the show. There. I'm just saying somebody points a gun at me. Then I, you know, you know, it never, ever. Point a gun to intimidate. If you point a gun, just fucking fire because you've gotten that point. Just pretty, saying. Yeah, pretty much. Because again, you never know. The other guy might have a gun. But we've seen it all here in Chicago. I remember going to a college one morning. So this is back, you know, maybe 1989 or so. And driving down the uh, street, getting close to DePaul University up in Lincoln Park in Chicago. And they pulled the old. Oh, barely bump into the back bumper. And the woman got out of the car. Oh, and, and as she was walking out of the car, the guy got out. You know, there was another guy in the car that hit her that went around the front of her car, got in and just left. <laughs> Which was way better than having a gun shoved in your face. But uh, still, yeah. you don't have a car. You know, it seems like the best option here is if criminals would just stop doing criminal things, you know, and, and we could all just get along. But isn't that the righteous thing? Could if we it, just try that for a while? Everybody stop being dicks. That would be nice. That would be nice. But that's Chicago, man. People are yeah, going to get shot. Chicago. You know, I don't feel after listening to you do shows for a couple of years, I don't really feel any desire to live in Chicago. No, I don't either, which is why I'm yeah. outside of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, really, uh, where this 4th of July parade shooting happened was in a really nice area most people will know it as 
the neighborhood where the home alone house is. So, you know, that big mansion yeah. that's in uh, that area. So it's, it's a nice area. And of course, people care a lot more when white people at a parade get shot up and they pay no attention to the fact that more people were shot outside of the parade in Chicago that weekend. If you add them <laughs> all up and nobody's talking yeah, that, about that. that, that was my favorite part of it. Uh, is how many people exactly got shot in Chicago. So this is what, like 5% of that. Yeah. It's not big. It's not. Uh, I mean, the- it's, it's kind of cool that, that Macaulay has upgraded from paint cans finally, but <laughs> right. I mean, and really when you look at that guy, you know, the whole, don't judge a book by its cover, dude, the guy looks like a mass murderer. Uh, he, I, he looked like an Antifa member for me, but, oh, yeah. I re- but, uh, but I, that was redundant. Yeah, you're right. Same thing. You say tomato. I say tomato. That doesn't work quite as good. So, yeah. Yeah, I had a very interesting thing happen this week for podcasters who are uh, in the podcasting 2.0 realm. Oh, no. Taking the lightning, you know, with the boost and all that other stuff, because it was always like, okay, part of the pain of the ass. Well, one is getting people to boost. So boost people. But after that is taking that. And then you're like, well, if I really want to turn this into real money, I still have to take that lightning. I have to transfer it to a Bitcoin account. Then I have to cash that in. Well, when I went to renew my NordVPN, not an advertisement, just been using them for years. And it was coming up this week. They sent me to the thing like, okay, you know, it was normally you could pay through Bitcoin, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I want to renew two years, add it on for a buck 30 a month, a one terabyte of online storage encrypted, which I thought was a decent deal. That that's not bad. No. And I got to the point of the payment. And when I clicked on Bitcoin, it gave me a little thing like, do you want to pay with the lightning? So I clicked. Ooh, yes. Yes, I do. And I generated a lightning invoice and just paid it out of my lightning wallet. And bam, I paid for something real kind of. I mean, it's still virtual VPN service, but I paid for a service from a major company with the lightning, which I thought was really cool. What I just heard is Darren O'Neill does not believe that podcasts are real. Right. We're not really in your ear right now. Yeah. We're, we're not here right now. We're all just voices in your head. That's actually, that's literally what podcasts are, uh-huh. especially when you're using earbuds. We're here inside of your head. There's nothing to worry about. And it just worked and it was great. It was like, wow, this is like kind of like a real ecosystem. If you can start spending those lightning that sats on real items from companies easily that would be really nice so if you could go to like amazon and pay with your sats that would be nice but i think that's coming i think we're getting to that point and that is a huge move as far as just getting people to accept that the digital currency is a thing and it's not just very fringe especially with the satoshis because one imagines that a uh a vpn service is definitely going to be ahead of the curve on on the kind of, of non-fiat currency. I think it'll be a little while before we see it from Walmart, but it seems to be coming and not even the, the Bitcoin dip seems to be, it, 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 it's not you know, a lot of people. Them. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of people who were saying, Oh, Bitcoin's done because they're watching the value fall. I'm like, but you haven't really paid attention to all of the value drops before a currency stays alive. As long as there are people who believe in it and, and, from that perspective, Joe Biden is the best Bitcoin salesperson ever. 
<laughs> hoard your cash somewhere. You got to put it somewhere. I just I, the the rampant widespread destruction of the American dollar is causing a lot of people to go, where can I put my value so it still exists in five years? A lot of people are buying collectibles, it seems. Uh, well, which okay. makes sense. Speaking of where, okay. <laughs> I mean, because you're putting it into something physical, I guess. Well, okay, physical. Okay. My mind went to NFTs. No, 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 not NFTs. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, NFTs are where you put your money when you don't really care if you see it again. Exactly. I'm talking more like Michael Jordan rookie cards and stuff that has a. Uh, ah, yes. You know, because a, when when we're all scraping by for food and trying to, you know, run armed down to see if we can scavenge the the ruins of the local Walmart to see if there's any tins of food left over. That's where the Michael Jordan rookie card is really going to be valuable. We got to find somebody to give you something for it. That's going to be the question when the currency drops dead. But uh, the service that Nord was using was a payment outfit called uh, CoinGate. So coingate.com. It looks like anybody can sign up. That to sounds use like it. the name of a scandal. I know it does. It's very Watergate-y, but it seemed legit. And it'll be interesting to see if more people add this in because it's just, you know, if you're taking payment online, this is just another option like PayPal. You sign up for an account and they take the money and then they take a percentage and then give you fiat currency, I'm guessing, if you want it. Or you could probably keep it in the crypto if you want it as well. Yes. So. We can keep it in crypto or we can hand you worthless pieces of paper. Yes. Worthless crypto or worthless pieces of paper. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> either way, run, run as fast as you can. But it was just a really cool thing. Like, oh, wait, I can actually use these nearly imaginary Satoshis for something that I really wanted to buy anyway. So it was nice. But fortunately, I mean, Bitcoin is is pretty much here to stay. The only thing that can take it out is the collapse of the global power grid when they force everybody to go to electric cars and it can't handle it and and all of the transmission stations die no don't you but, understand wind and solar will save us all <laughs> you don't play you don't believe that come on no not so much i'm telling you this is all the oh it's gonna be fine it's the 15 days to stop the spread is now gonna be well we just have to we have to hurt for like a year or two and then it'll all be fine I actually have an electric car story. If you want to segue, uh, well, no, we I shouldn't don't, talk I don't, about the segways. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I don't want first to rule have of segways, a segway. Don't talk about the segways. No, I don't want to ride a segway. I don't like those things. Okay, oh, oh, was this an actual segway? Segway? No, no, I was just. Uh, I, it was. It was uh, some sausage making. Oh, okay. I also have a story that is a little bit feel good and will bore the crap out of our audience. Well, but it's a personal story. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, uh, isn't that what we're here for? Well, I, I would hope, but unfortunately, they don't go away. Oh, they keep listening. So uh, I went to a ball game, an MLB game. Wow. The first Seattle? time in five years. You went into Seattle to see the Mariners? Yes. The, the Mariners. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the risk of spoiling the game, it was. I, OK, first of all. I really enjoy baseball and you might not get that from GOB because I really don't like the MLB. I, I I don't like the top tier pro baseball. I do watch single A games occasionally, um, but the entire experience of the major league top tier. Uh, okay, here's here's a preview of exactly the kind of thing I was expecting. Uh, was uh, my brother and I? Oh, first of all, uh, the stadium does not accept cash anywhere. Period. End of story. 
that yeah. that was that was a detail. Uh, so I managed to mooch off my brother, who was totally fine with with swiping his debit card, and then I just tossed him uh, some cash in on the back end. But um, we got two sausages and hey, two beverages. Uh, it was called a Mariner's dog and you can get them at Costco and they're actually pretty good when you grill them yourself, but these were overcooked on dry buns. It was, it was low quality sausage and uh, a 16 ounce beverage, a beer, two of them, $40. Dude. So that right there is one of the reasons why I don't like the MLB. <laughs> Yo, yeah. But I mean, if it, it was, it was low quality food and it was, I mean, it's a decent beer, but it's only one beer, 16 ounces. Um, that is like five times more than you should pay, even with inflation, but it's stadium prices. And I enjoyed the experience. Like I said, I like baseball and my favorite kind of baseball. I'm not a huge fan of the, the slug outs where every pitch is a home run. Those like, okay, you're sitting there and you know, you have to, not only do you have to bring in more people from the bullpen, you got to bring in more people to operate the scoreboard because they're getting tired of changing the numbers. Okay. The kind of baseball I like is the defensive struggles where there's a lot of zeros up on the board and every single play is, are we going to squeak out a run out of this or even a hit? And that's what this game was. So uh, a spoiler of the game, the Mariners beat the Oakland A's two to one with a walk off triple in the bottom of the ninth. So that was pretty freaking satisfying. I did enjoy the game. Um, yeah, the pricing, not so much. The, the stadium price is insane. Uh, the tickets were provided. The, the occasion was one of my friend's birthdays and she had won tickets from her company. So the company paid for the tickets, which was nice because uh, those were like $40 tickets. They were just down the first baseline. Uh, and I don't, the prices for the tickets are crazy. The prices for the food and beverages crazy. Um, also security. Kind of made me want to firebomb the whole stadium, but oh, you, I wait, got wait, through wait. that. Did you get felt up? You get your nards like squeezed on the way in? Nards, no, but they did kind of poke my breasts. <laughs> are these real? Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, that's all me. That's right. I'm a fat guy. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> like the beer like, lines over there. Any, you storing any liquor in there? Yeah, but I drank it years ago. Yeah, that's. I can't. <laughs> I can't get rid of it quite yet. I'm hoping to later, though. But overall, uh, I, it was, it was nice to go in and, you know, I, as much as I give you crap all the time about your love for baseball and you going to MLB games, I really enjoyed the experience. I'm not going to, I don't need to do it again for five more years, but I just wanted to report on that. Yeah. It's kind of been one of those things where when I really stopped going a few years ago, the problem was the price of everything because the, I was using season tickets that my parents had who they were the dumb ones paying for it, but they were like, Hey, anytime you want to go to a game and it's like, but no, I can't even afford going to the game when you're getting the tickets and the parking free because exactly what you said, Oh, you want to have a little bit of food and beverage. And it doesn't even have to be the alcoholic beverage. Even having a iced tea was like four or five, six bucks. Water was up, I think up to five or six bucks a bottle. Now, uh, not more. Yeah, a bottle of water. As we were walking into the stadium, there were, you know, they all, there's always the hawkers who set up outside the stadium and we should have stopped, but we were running a little late um, who were like, Oh yeah. Uh, $8 for a sausage. And at the time I'm like, that seems really crazy expensive. And then, and then there's things like, 
And you can buy for $1 a bottle, you can buy a sealed water bottle that security will let you take in. And I'm like, geez, a dollar for a bottle of water? That's crazy. In the stadium, five fifty. dollars Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. That is uh, beyond the pale, really, as uh, Joe Biden once said. It's way too much. And yeah. Especially, you know, when there were days here in Chirac, as maybe you don't get as many out there in Seattle, but when the weather hits like it did this past week where it's in the 90s, 100, and you're charging people like six bucks a bottle of water so, you know, they don't literally die of heat exhaustion. Yeah. That's bad. I remember a game that was really one of these uh, like 30 degree games that they had to play in uh, in Minnesota a few years ago where they provided free coffee and free hot chocolate. I thought that was really cool. And I think there should be some kind of rule in Major League Baseball that if the, you know, the heat level is beyond like 90 degrees, maybe you can sell the bottles of water at cost. Maybe. If I'd have brought a bottle of water, I probably would have just been refilling it from the drinking fountain. Uh-huh. Uh, Blue Douche in the troll room says people entering with a camelback full of vodka. Um, they were searching. First of all, they had a no bag policy. Like the only bags you were allowed to have were if your bag was completely clear so the people could see all the way through it and see everything that was in it. No items covered up or they were going to pull the whole thing out and start dumping items on. So, um, I, I feel like they would have caught that. Maybe. I mean, but it does remind me of an interesting story from the last time, which was five years ago that I was at that stadium. Um, I could tell it. It was, it was entertaining. In fact, I'm going to tell it because your time is mine to waste. Oops, I went in boost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, at the time we went in and I had just stopped by and got a bunch of airplane bottles of liquor and uh, I was storing them in places, you know, places I thought was really secure, like my socks and uh, security found them and were like, you have to throw those away. You can't go in. And so I just, you know, they found, well, they found two of them. And so I just grabbed the two bottles that they found and I popped the top off and I chugged them both right there. And it was like straight rum. So a little harsh, but she was so pissed. And then my brother <laughs> who was behind me in line tries to do the same before he even gets up there. And she dives past me, swats the thing out and dumps rum all over my brother's chest. And like, he was just soaked and smelling of alcohol. The rest of the game. Well, that's not really new for him, though. Well, no, that's not new, but it's not usual that yeah, because technically he wasn't even trying to enter the stadium at the time. That was assault. But, uh, you know, who's going to who's going to try to prosecute? But is drinking on this? Well, is it the city streets right outside? Is that is that legal? Is it? I don't know. Judging by all the homeless people who do it, it seems to be perfectly fine by the cops. Yeah. And they do allow like here they allow tailgating before you go in, which people are drinking. So. You can't really uh, public make intoxication case. is right. not legal, but I think drinking on the street is I don't think I mean, I've never been arrested in downtown Seattle before before. This is America, man. You can drink on the streets. It's, yeah. And, and people do. Yeah. So they, uh, drink, they fight. They go to a ball game and you can't. Yeah. The non cash thing is. Uh, that That's an annoyance. And I haven't been to a ballpark well, since that's gone into effect over the last couple of years, because this is relatively brand new, like the last season or two where all of Major League Baseball bar, I think maybe two stadiums have adopted this. 
Well, uh, apparently, uh, uh, this is something I found on their website. They have a machine of some kind that you can feed cash into somewhere in the stadium, and it spits out a card that can be swiped. Hey, it's Mariner bucks. That would absolutely be what I would do because I have very little desire to create digital records of everywhere that I've spent money. And they're using this. I know what companies do with that, and I really don't trust the MLB to have a better security policy than, say, TikTok. Yeah, since they want to see what individual people are buying, it's going to be used at some point when somebody gets a DUI on the way home because now you can't buy the beer with cash, so you can't lie and be like, I only had two beers. It'll be, well, no, you bought 4,000 of them. And uh, Unless you get a mortgage before going in, it's going to (laughs) be tough to drink more than enough beers to get drunk on the way home. Unless you got Shaquille O'Neal money, then you can have whatever you want. But yeah, it'll put you in the uh, poor house to try to drink or eat at a ballpark, which is a shame, which is why the minor league games, no question, a much better deal. And there's a minor league stadium within walking distance of where I'm sitting. And it's a great experience. You sit a lot closer to the actual baseball game, which is the part that I like. And they still are pretty good at what they do. It's not like the other those guys are not good at baseball. No, they're not good at baseball, but it is a baseball game and it beats Little League. Uh, the other thing that uh, I had a real, a little bit of an issue with, and and maybe this is just something I'm not used to because I'm not used to going to giant sporting events. There were a lot of people in my section who were far more interested in, in bullshit like starting a wave or uh, <laughs> than, than paying attention to the game. So, you know, there would be, here comes the windup and the pitch and everybody around me stands up and screams at the top of their lungs. I'm like, what happened? Oh, the wave came by. It was just a ball. Yeah, the wave should be outlawed. I mean, there really should be the death penalty for the wave. I, I mean, that, that's, that's just I know it's a little harsh. That is but that is a little. Uh, oh, the the one other highlight that we had is I almost got hit by a foul ball. Ooh, how close? Uh, well. I, uh, the closest was was Rachel in our party was only about three feet away from it, and it caught the stairway right next to it and popped straight up. And it would have been an easily diveable ball, but there was a kid underneath it with a mitt in hand. And I'm like, no, the kid needs it. Wait, how old's the kid? Uh, I was like three feet, four feet tall. Mm, should have tackled him. He would have learned a life lesson. I know. But there were also other people nearby that probably, I mean, I don't know if there were any bigger than me, but there were some that. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. You let the kid could have, have been, it. Could have been beat to death with catcher mitts. Yeah, that would be fine. Either way, I don't have any desire to take a foul ball home. Um, I, I can go to Walmart and buy baseballs if I want a baseball. That that doesn't concern me. Like, oh, it's a foul ball. This, this you know, commemorated the sixth pitch to this particular batter in the seventh inning. Okay whatever but it was fun because uh you know the the what i really wanted was that thing you know that thing came in hot oh yeah that's why and, they're putting up nets everywhere now uh, there was a net we were just far enough from the dugout that we were around the end of the net and this one was one of those ones that that started out shooting straight up the first baseline and then had a hard curve into the stands and uh yeah so anyway have we bored enough people with the ball game stories yet probably good Let's keep going. <laughs> That's have any tech news this week. Oh, uh, I have a I have an electric car story. 
Oh, is it about Tesla and that they're not the biggest anymore? No, it's from actually, I probably shouldn't do this because there's no possible way I'm going to pronounce the name of this city. Right. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to pronounce it definitively wrong. Gloucestershire. That's constabulary. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's what Gloucestershire. Something like that. I'm not certain. I mean, uh, I know anyway. what city you're talking about by the in, pronunciation, in the so that makes it close yeah. enough. Well, it's it's going to be Gloucestershire to my American ears. Um, the p- constabulary of that county uh, made uh, an, a stunning announcement that is not fitting the narrative, and that is electric vehicles are no good for police work. They, quote, run out of puff before the shift is out over. <laughs> run out of puff. I like that. <laughs> Um, he po- he pointed out that there are not enough places to charge in the county, and more importantly, uh, police cannot go off shift for the time it takes to recharge. Which means that several times during a given shift, the police officers have to return and drive away in a separate car. Which means that the uh, the station police the the police are having to purchase extra cars just so that there can be some that are charging while others are out on patrol. And the other ones are running out of puff. Yeah, they're running out of puff, which could be a show title. Yeah. Why were you late for work this morning? Ah, car ran out of puff. And it, it, I just thought it was an interesting story of somebody saying, you know, there are some things that electric cars aren't good for. However, he was in the same interview very quick to point out that we still all need to move away from the internal combustion engine, which is hypocrisy in action. Yeah. Well, if the guy with the uh, engine that has gas in it, well, he can definitely outlast the electric police vehicles. So as long as you can keep them chasing you. And here in Chicago, <laughs> they can't even chase you anymore. So, I mean, it's all. Yeah, it's Chicago. All you have to do is run. Uh-huh. Because like you just jog half a block and they're like, eh, too much. Don't care. Yep. That's when they should just shoot you. They yeah. Just we, they said we couldn't chase you. They didn't say we couldn't shoot you. Uh, my other my other police related story is uh, from San Diego, where, uh, quote, more than than 230 police officers have left the force in 2022 alone. Um, I OK, first of all, I'm. I'm going to take issue with this zero hedge article. I like zero hedge for reporting things that you are not going to find in other places, but they're not fantastic reporters more than 230. So what? 231, right. 232? Are we give me a ballpark number here? What? They're, they're not the only ones that do that. It seems like journalists overall do that. Like more than 30 people. It's like, so you mean 31, right? I yeah. Mean, I, um that now they did point out that the number that left in 2021 was 252. They did not say more than 250. But uh the other quote that came out of the article was uh they said that. Well, first of all, the reason given for that the Zero Hedge gave, and I don't know if this is true of all of the officers who left, but I'm sure there are plenty, was the fact that California, in, in, in going against everywhere else in the world, continues with their vax mandate. They absolutely want everybody in public service and everybody in the whole state to have the spike protein jab put into them or screw you, no job. And I think a lot of people left, but what Zero Hedge said was, uh, uh around, uh, 20, or they said, uh, approximately 2,200 people left because of the VAX. But then the numbers they gave, 231 this year, let's just take guess, 252 last year, divide, t- add those two together 
and divide by 0.22 and what you get is 2195, which means that that 2200 number is probably all officers on the force and 22% of them have left, judging by the numbers they gave, rather than the very misleading statement that says 20 or that says 2200 people have left because of the vax mandate. So I'm just saying zero hedge points for reporting things that others won't, but maybe learn math and try to tone down the hyperbole. No, that's what journalism is now. And oh, and the other the other thing that I really that I picked out of the article because I really like this one was uh, that the the San Diego police force are uh, desperately trying to replace their lost numbers, including uh, adding incentives for new officers, which involve a 10 percent pay raise over the baseline from 2020. Well, 10 percent of a pay raise over 2020 is like 15 percent less than inflation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, those other guys are still making less. Right. Right. It's like you can as as you're enjoying your poverty, you can be happy in the knowledge that your other officers have even more poverty inflation it's the, not real don't worry about it the the, uh, the next ones who are going to leave the force because they can't they don't have a living wage on th- well they want everybody to lose their job because they don't have a living wage that way we become a third world country well there are certainly schools of thought that suggest that uh the people running cities like san diego really would like crime to skyrocket so that people stay afraid and stay in their houses and get jabbed when they're told we've proven to you that it's bad I don't, I just don't get it. I do not understand the concept of wanting a full and utter collapse of society because it sounds great on paper. I mean, let's be honest. It sounds great on paper, but in reality, (laughs) it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, okay. It doesn't even sound good on paper, but speaking as one of the people who can imagine what it'll be like after that collapse. And I've seen plenty of of post-apocalyptic movies. No, it doesn't sound great. No, you, those never turn out like this is Valhalla. This here's, is uh, here's where it sounds great. If utopia. your name is Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab and you can afford a private army and your private generator to keep your mansion running, then it sounds all right. Um, that's great until the hungry mob overruns your army, because let me tell you, if society collapses because of what Fauci and Bill Gates did, their asses are going to be the first ones up against the wall. Well, they're going after somebody. Yeah. Well, and people are going to get angry. And and whose face has been on the on the news all the time saying, you know, we just need you to, you know, take your jab and then be unemployed anyway. Not only do you have to take your jab, but you have to take the higher prices at the pump because it is worth it because we're steering you yes. towards the liberal utopia of a green society. I don't think people are buying the liberal utopia. Even fewer people are buying the liberal utopia than than are buying the uh, you need to pay more at the pump so that we can put the screws to Putin. I think there's a lot of people that, in theory, think the Green New Deal is great. But then they realize the reality of it, because I think even you and I would say the Green New Deal is great if. It actually worked and could provide enough power and didn't well, cost an arm if. Right. Well, it you, is. You know what else is great? The United Federation planets is great if we can just <laughs> completely turn all humans into ants who live for the common collective. Yes, we must do the, for the good of the common man, which is not what we're getting. You know, 
You know, free money for everyone is great if we just don't have any inflation as a result. Free money for everybody. Yeah. You don't realize, though, that every time you give that free money, everybody else's money is worth less, which means even the free money you're giving people is not really even worth the money that you've given them. You know, unlimited blowjobs is great as long as you don't think about the STDs having all the skin slough off. Yeah, that is an interesting place to go. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I I apologize for that image because that just uh, never mind. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But this is the reality of the world is uh, not everybody is good. There are always going to be bad people. And this is the thing that is most maddening with all of this. The anti-gun rhetoric is the fact that logic would tell you that these people that want to commit the kind of crimes like the loon did here with shooting up a parade, if they did not have a gun available to them, do the people on the left really think then they would have been like, oh, I don't have guns, so I'm not going to find another way to go kill a bunch of people. I mean, do you, what changes in the mindset of a murderer who wants to go out and kill a bunch of people taking the gun away does not stop the murderous rage that well, is obviously it does because you never hear news stories about all the mass stabbings that, well it's it's to have a mass stabbing is a little more rare because some people still carry guns which makes it hard to be a mass stabber in a crowd where anybody has a gun because mass stabber to, yeah if you're going to do a mass stabbing go somewhere like like sydney or london where there are no guns and then you know, you can do a lot of damage. It's a lot easier. Although some people still have guns in those places and hopefully we'll shoot you. Yeah, but not the cops. So you're good. <laughs> right. That's true. I mean, I just did that because that's that you can't trust the cops with guns. No, you can't do that. It, it's, it's insanity. I, absol- I absolutely trust the cops with guns. I think cops should be armed. I think that all of the public should be armed too. Yeah. arm everybody. And we have a very polite society. And you can take care of a lot more stuff when you have law abiding citizens that are able to take action this concept that if the guns go away crime's going to go away you're right point to areas where they have very few guns there's still violent crimes people still bludgeon each other in the head with rocks and baseball bats or whatever they can get their hands on people stab each other people poison each other you know despite the best efforts of of statists and authoritarians everywhere for some reason no matter how many laws you pass you can't seem to take human nature out of humans well you have to actually enforce the laws to take the people who are prone to being criminals off the streets that would be the first step it yes it would and it helps it there will always be horrible people out there it's it's a side effect of putting a lot of people together is that some of them are bad uh, in in a functioning society you have, you know, education and and help in place to take the marginally bad ones and show them that maybe you could try being good for once and the unwholesomely bad ones that can't be recovered. You just remove them from society, whatever that means. Uh, Again, maybe arming all the populace. I'm not judging. But when you just let the the number of bad people reinforce by showing that there's no consequences for it, then the people who might be on the fence are like, well, I can eat better if I just rob a, a convenience store every few days. And if there's no consequences, why not? We mean like when the local DAs actually come out and specifically say, you know, if you steal under this amount, I'm not going to charge you. 
Yeah, that would be a fine example of it. Uh-huh. I mean, see, that doesn't work for the sole reason is that now encourages people who may have never yeah. stolen anything before yeah. to steal. Yeah, yeah, that incentivizes the people who are not necessarily evil people, but let's just say pragmatic, who are saying, you know, I'm having a little bit of trouble feeding my kids this month. And how do I go and get a little bit more food? Well, look at all of this canned food that just sitting here on the supermarket shelves for somebody to walk out with a cart full of. This is the reason, by the way, that my local supermarket now has a security guard stationed at the door that gives you the stink eye every, every single person who walks through. And if you didn't come directly from one of the checkouts or don't have a receipt in your hand that now he. Uh, yeah. Wait, will they actually try to stop you? This is liberal Washington there. Can you even do that? Can you stop somebody from stealing? I have never been stopped. But then again, I have this irritating habit of paying for my groceries. Oh, well, why would you do that? This, this is also the, the same store that that, you know, year, a couple of years ago, they uh, stopped allowing you to grab liquor bottles off the shelves. And all the liquor bottles were in a, uh, a locked cage where you have to push a button that summons one of the, the people of the store. And every single one of these is like, I was doing something. What the hell do you need? And so you're sitting here like. I'm a hopeless alcoholic. I want this one, this one, and this one. And they're like, yeah, I get it. We'll just, okay, you know what? Here's your poison. Can I get back to doing what I'm doing? It's it's a an awkward interaction for everybody. Well, they've dropped that. Now, if you want liquor at this store, you have to push the button and tell them what they want. And the employee of the store will take the liquor bottle that you selected and walk it up to the checkout which is where you have to pick it up after you paid for it. Well, yeah, because otherwise you could just run out of the store with it. Exactly. And people do that. Like people will just fill up an entire cart full of groceries and then forget the line. Let's just head out the front door. It's a much easier so, system. I'll be fair. That is. Well, that's the Amazon system. The only thing is Amazon wants you to scan your smartphone on the way out. Oh, right. Or you're right. Well, they, I I don't even think the Amazon one needs you to do that. They will recognize you on the way in because your phone is probably putting out a beacon. Yeah, it's uh, it's the what, RFID, no NFT, whatever the, yeah, the things the near you walk field, by. Yeah, it, it's it's telling its stuff. But it's like going back to the baseball park for a minute. The other day, I was like, oh, it was Sunday, and there was after no agenda. The NASCAR race is on. I'm like, hey, let's order a pizza. Like, where do you want the pizza from? There's two places here that we order from, right? This is going back between I'm my sorry. wife and I. Yeah. I just made the mistake of reading the troll room. Oh, Murray you never Ann do is that. Marianne is suggesting explosive canned goods only deactivated by the register. And that is a fantastic idea. I love it. Well, see, like if sorry. every like 10th can had explosives in it and you don't know that if you take it home without being checked first by store personnel, it would be a self-cleaning system. I'm I have actually purchased a uh, flats of generic store brand cola that behaved like that, <laughs> but it was more that, that just jostling them by carrying them caused the carbonation to make the can explode. It yep. did happen. Now, or if you, you know, out here when it freezes, you got to remember to bring those cans Ooh. inside. Yeah. That's important. Very important. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry, but I was going to figure out like, okay, there were two places that we normally order pizzas from one of them just redid their loyalty program and their online ordering, which is always a mistake. The old system, while well, it, it was, it was very it's much a great way to work out the bugs yes, with well, your customers. The old system was very much Bemrose in the fact that it looked like it was from 1992, but it worked, you know? Yeah, so you're saying it worked. Yeah, it worked. It wasn't pretty, but it worked. 
And they had a thing. New one's probably made out of Angular JS or something. <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah, it's something nobody uses anymore. Oh, everybody uses Angular and React JS frameworks, and every single one of them is slow and buggy. And half the time, your website doesn't load, and all the time, the website doesn't load for me because I don't run that JS bullshit. And go on. But the uh, the concept here was one: the old website, as stupid as this was, always had a coupon code. You just had to click coupon to get it rather than go searching through your mail and all this other stuff. I don't understand why they just didn't automatically apply it. I guess maybe some people weren't smart enough to hit coupon first. I mean, if you're logged in, they already know you've got a coupon. You would think and that would be nice to just apply it. But the thing that really annoyed me was getting to the end of putting the whole order in. And it's like a credit card. I'm like, well, wait, where's. Where's the thing I can push to say, I want to pay cash when your driver gets here. That didn't exist. Oh. So I went back to the other place. Nobody does that. No, but I do. I, <laughs> what? You're nobody. Clearly. I <laughs> so I went back and ordered from the other place who online, their thing lets you click. Yes. Just have your driver show up. Believe it or not, we'll have cash. Uh, okay. See, I, I kind of understand, especially in a place like Chicago, Oh, yeah. You're like drivers should not carry any cash because the chance of coming away with less cash than more cash is. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Oh, there's no question. You're rolling the dice. But it's like, I want that. Uh, I want that option when ordering takeout. I don't want to have yeah. to be forced to put it on a credit card. Like Wait, I imagine got cash. That. T- taking options away is customer hostile. Who knew? Yeah. And it could but actually it, lose you business because people are like, yeah. no, I want to pay cash. Well, the the situation you just described, though, is capitalism functioning correctly. Yes. Which is they've made a decision based on whatever business criteria they've got. And the decision was user hostile or a customer hostile. And they lost a customer and you voted with your feet. That is the way stuff should work. And when that is working correctly across the whole economy, then you come to a level of this is the, you know, the businesses that succeed are the ones that make the most customers happy. Yes. Just too many things in the way of that these days. Yeah. You got to make it easy. I mean, including things we wound up uh, because we went out for Mexican food on Tuesday and the place was closed. Oh God, I hate that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, your customers are just going to have to break in and fix the food themselves. (laughs) Yes. It's like, can we do that? That'd be a great idea. The uh, that was the Mexican place that only takes cash, which I'm like, I, I appreciate that, that they don't take credit cards, be the opposite of everybody else. I dig that. And I believe the ATM in their location is a Bitcoin ATM. So I'll have to play with that one day and see uh, exactly how that all works out. But that's how we wound up at the uh, the pub that we haven't been to in a while. I think the last time we were there maybe was like pre COVID and the place was pumping. And they're taking a lot of flack. I think we talked about this on an early Grumpy Old Benz because they started this before COVID, not long before COVID. The concept that if you were going to pay with a card, they were going to charge you 3% extra. And the amount of people on Yelp that that's that's literally how thing how it worked back when credit cards were new. Yes. And it's I think rightfully so. The amount of people that are losing their mind about it. It's like you're not being logical about this because if somebody's buying something from you and you're using a service that's going to cost you 3% to process the payment, well, then well, you have marketed it. They, they marketed the move incorrectly is the problem. What yes. you do 
is you you crank up the prices of everything on the menu and you give discounts for people using cash. Exactly what I said. I mean, I, I think it was exactly what I said on a recent uh, podcast of one of the other ones that I do. Uh, you do so many. I, 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 I get it. It's hard to figure out. But it's like, you're right. You probably it, don't even know which host you're talking to right now. I know it's hard. This is Gene, Larry, Ryan. One of those. You're Gene. talking to the one who interrupts you. Oh, M- more than the other one who interrupts you. Well, then it's definitely not Larry. <laughs> no, Larry no. rarely interrupts. Larry is by far the most polite podcaster that we have on the network. Yes. Larry is good, which is why everybody should be listening to that Larry show, that Larry show.com. But you're absolutely right. The framing is everything rather than hey you want to pay with the card we're going to charge you three percent more i would just have hey ask about cash discounts or something like that that would again same thing much different response but the amount of people that are like losing their shit i'm wondering do they not do business at all do they not ever have a job do they not understand that there are costs to doing business Okay, so yes, yes to all the above, the type of people who lose their shit on social media. First of all, they're on social media, which is the shit losing place. Right. And uh, a lot of them don't have a job and a lot of them don't understand basic economics. Next question. Yeah, it's like, why are you charging me more? Well, why are you charging me money for goods and services? Yeah, I know. Really? You mean I can't just eat and then leave? Can't I just watch some ads and get my food for free? You know that there's probably a restaurant that'll do that. If not, we should start I, that. That's a great idea. <laughs> that is a great business model that I want to see fail. So, yeah. Yeah. Force somebody to go stand in a cubicle and watch like 15 minutes of nonstop ads, then give them a free 99 minutes, cent no, burger. No. We're talking a full time job. We're talking like ads for 40 hours a week. Just to, <laughs> Here's a burger. The, the, the click through rate on uh, the or the, the CPM rate or whatever. The, I don't know the, the terms, but the amount of money you get per time spent with the average Internet user is really not good. I hear people block ads. It's a it's a horrible thing. Yeah. Which is why I always have to laugh at, uh, you know, attempts by the Brave browsers like, uh, you know, get money if you just are willing to watch ads. Well, first of all, no, because I value my time more than any ad person is willing to offer. But second, the OK, you get like. Four months of putting up with ads and you get what? A couple pennies worth of shit coin. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the lightning node. Yeah. You can buy something with it after a few years. And that, by the way, is the the root reason why I block all ads no matter what is there is not a single advertiser anywhere in the world that is willing to pay me what I believe my time is worth. To watch could, that app. Yeah, you can find them. I mean, you'd be more than if happy. somebody was willing to drop $15 an hour for me to watch ads. You know what? I'd find a way to automate that shit. Yeah. Click, click, click. <laughs> Are you real? Click, click. Oh, we must hear your but, captcha. Click, but when, click. when my time is valued at, uh, you know, point zero 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 one penny per 30 second slot, like I, I'm sorry, but you're selling my whole life for 10 bucks. And no, I, I've got other things I'd rather do. Now, even if that other thing that I'd rather do is, is, you know, go look at some porn and, and play Minecraft. Well, that's fine. That, that, that's still worth more to me than the time spent watching ads. Hasn't anybody figured out how to get porn into Minecraft? Yes, but we would rather not talk about that. <laughs> that's a money making opportunity. The pixels. Oh, the pixels. Yeah. Eight bit. I, I don't get the, uh, 
and this may have been mentioned before too i don't get that there are auction houses now that i've seen auctioning off old unopened video games that i think we've talked about like the early nes stuff and that now the latest thing that people are spending way too much money on unopened vhs copies of like big movies from back in the day vhs yeah that's still a thing and there's people that are doing business that are grading the vhs tape so like you would send in that michael jordan rookie card and have you know experts i'm putting that in air quotes for people that aren't watching on the uh, camera version that uh, charge you overcharge you live on the hog story video stream exactly now people are doing this like well send us your unopened vhs tapes and we'll encapsulate that in a uh in a plastic case so people know it's real and people so are spending to verify money. these do they open it no so I mean, okay this was always my thought which is you know the concept of shrink wrap is not really out of the individual's ability with yeah. the right tools <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i i've probably got a box with all of my old nintendo stuff somewhere around here that's been gathering dust for 30 years I could probably shrink wrap some of that stuff. And how much do you suppose it goes for on eBay? Like, yes, shrink wrapped Mario game. Never right, been played that you can tell. Well, you don't even have to say brand new, just, you know, shrink wrap. That's all you have to say. You don't, you're not saying it's yeah. never been opened. Oh yeah, you're right. It's now just been shrink wrapped. And I'm guessing for things that are getting bigger bucks, maybe they can tell by the type of shrink wrapping. Maybe there's some way, you know, maybe there's a difference between the professional stuff, although I doubt it. That, that would be a great <laughs> job, wouldn't it? I'm a shrink wrap, well, a shrink wrapping expert. I can I, tell I you. I mean, there are industrial methods going on today that you can tell, but not all of the people back in the day used those. No. So I don't, I don't get it. There are things that end up going up in value that you're like, eh. I don't get it. Well, there are a lot of things that, that, I mean, the in a capitalist economy, the value of something is determined exactly by definition by how much somebody is willing to pay for it. True. Which is why things like NFTs currently have value, but they have value, again, by definition, only as long as you can find some sucker willing to pay that for it. The only way... I think NFTs are ever worth anything is if you actually attach a physical object to it. And I've noticed this from eBay, which is really difficult because the staples don't stick very well in the blockchain. (laughs) No, there are ways to do this. I mean that you actually would have to send it in or whatever, but eBay is just starting up a new thing called the eBay vault. And one of these other big auction sites, maybe it was golden auctions that do a lot of sports card auctions and that they have a thing where you can send them your card and they will put it in their vault and they'll, so it stays safe and everything. And then if you want to remove it, they charge you a percentage of what the card's worth with a maximum. So, I mean, this is how they're making money at that, but the eBay thing, I could tell exactly what they're trying to do, which is, you know, I'm going to take this michael jordan card that's worth 500 bucks i'm going to send it to the ebay vault they're going to have it they'll have photos so it's there i own it if i ever decide to sell it i just press a button on ebay and all magically boom it's for sale then you know what happens when it sells the next person might be i want to buy that and they never want to take actual possession of the card 
They just think it's going to go up in value. So they leave it in the eBay vault that there's going to be all of this buying and selling of physical yeah. goods while people never see it because they just believe be, it exists. And it'll be three years later that somebody will say, uh, you know what? I don't want it in the vault anymore. Like the first person in three years to say, I actually want this back. And right. eBay is going to be like, you know, actually, our vault was breached 24 months ago and all yeah. of the stuff was stolen. Didn't we mention that to you? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's what I that's what I picture. We we put out a press release. May not have actually pushed the publish button, but we did write it up. We did it at midnight on a Friday to some website that was about to go out of business, but we put it out there. Yeah. But this is where I see like this kind of stuff going, which is, oh, you can do this trading of goods within the digital realm. And I think NFTs could move into that market, which is if there was a secure place that you could add a, as we do with a lot of the crypto, if you could just add a decryption key into the NFT, because you can put data in there that once it's opened, you can no longer sell the NFT. So this would be like a redeem code, something like that. That I believe the NFTs could really take off with because I believe people do want to buy and sell stuff without actually taking the physical goods for a variety of reasons. But beyond that, no, this CSB doodled some stuff or Roger Roundy doodled some stuff. I mean, much nicer doodles, to be fair, but it's still just you, a JPEG. You just undermined the joke I was about to make. Sorry. Say, it's, it's not real until CSB goes and buys one. Yes. Oh, I bought a CSB NFT just because I wanted to have one. You know, I, it, there's something wrong with you, but okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also used lightning. So, I mean, there's, there's that yeah. as well. So it's free money, right? I'm just passing it forward. I mean, it's, if people accept money, you're like, great. Rock and roll pre-show is paying for everything. Yes. The lightning. That's what you got to uh, get the sats. You got to boost it. You got to boost the gram- Realizes you're there, but they know okay. nothing. <laughs> they know nothing. We're not even real. We're just the voices. That's fine. In your I'm head. not reminding them. You know how I feel about copyright. Yeah. We're just the voices in your head. Exactly. I don't even know where I am. I could be in the Netherlands right now. I could be. I in- heard that you were in a bunker in the heart of middle America. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> That's the only place to be. And I should be totally underground. I should move one more level down just for safety at this point. You should, you should move another level down and then dig another level down from there. Yeah. Make sure you've got like the. The hidden entrance that's covered by a rug in a bookcase. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that for. Uh, I mean, really, at this point, if you don't have a panic room in your house, then you're behind the times. I know. And it really wouldn't be as much of a. Well, I guess it kind of would be a panic room because I think people would figure out fairly quickly that, you know, wait, where's the uh, washer and dryer? Where's the yeah. furnace? Yeah. But where's we, Darren? Right. Well, that, too, because he's always home. Why would I want to be in my panic room? I'd rather be with my Sig Sauer in hand to, to panic, right? No, to load to load my Sig Sauer, so I can come out like uh, John McClane and uh, and Rambo, or not Rambo. Everybody well, needs know. a panic room so that you don't have to be just in your living room when you start to panic, or right. or when you need to. Die like, hard. I'm right. like, you know what? I I've scheduled the next couple hours to panic for a bit, so I'll be downstairs. But I always thought that would be really cool because we have a they're just like closet doors between the finished area in the basement and the other area that we use for storage and laundry in the furnace. And there's some really cool things that look that what that are bookcases, but fit in that hole. So if people didn't know it was there, they would just come down the stairs and think it was a built-in bookcase into this, 
into the uh, wall and not realize that, ooh, it opens up into a secret oh, yeah. room. Yeah, we've got the daylight basement that's only half the house. I could probably do the same by just, you know, going into the storage room and, and cutting through the, the concrete foundation to the other half. Ooh. Do this. That would be mission yeah. control. And that's also, and by the way, the panic room is also where you put all the controls for the explosives that detonate your whole house. Yes. If the, <laughs> if the feds find you. You're like, please leave the house now. Otherwise, <laughs> this house will self-destruct. It's a very get smart kind of a thing. Except that never like worked. The, well, it does. If you've got, I mean, if you've got gas and you're poorly wired, it, it can happen. Yeah, that's true. We do have natural gas, so we can blow this baby sky high. I do too, but it's not piped in. I just have to go to the grocery store and pick up beans and Mexican food. Yeah. And then throw that right on that stove. I mean, you're like living in the wilderness. I can't even believe you have electricity in the internet where you are. We've got very good internet. I'm happy for that. Although there was a, a great Ars Technica hit piece against Comcast that I read. I don't know if I Ooh. should bring this, but I just did. Yeah, do it. Um, oh, about a person in the Northgate neighborhood of Seattle, which is, uh, well, okay, it's in the city of Seattle, which should tell you everything. It, this is not rural. This is uh, um, very much a, 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 like urban. It's not not like dense downtown urban, um, but it's it's the part of Seattle that is uh, wall to wall postage stamp size block housing. And apparently, uh, this one subdivision came in with a weird shape, like a triangle. And there was one house on the wrong side of the triangle. And so Comcast had never wired it up and the previous owners had never wired it up. And so a dude comes in and buys the house, uh, you know, some millennial getting their first home forever. And uh, a guy works for Amazon. So he wants, he's really happy to work from home and is like, okay, what's it going to take to, to connect some uh, internet and Comcast, who is the company that serves everything says, uh, well, you don't have any service to that. And we would have to run 200 feet of line underneath a busy road, uh, using, uh, the mini tunnel boring stuff. And, uh, that's going to cost about a hundred thousand dollars. And so we'll only charge you a quarter of that. You're like, I don't make enough. I work for you for, assholes for one. Well, he, I, yeah, I think they said he worked for Amazon, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, I, basically it came down to, Comcast said, you want to be hooked up to cable, $27,000. Wow. For a house. This is not some kind of rural way out in the sticks bullshit. This is a house in the city of Seattle, which is wall to wall urban the whole way. Well, those cables are a bitch to run. Yeah. And Ars Technica was uh, absolutely on the side of of screw Comcast, how can they be such horrible capitalists? But if you look at it, read between the lines, it's like Comcast is actually offering to eat three quarters of the cost of this. Right. In order to get it hooked up. Oh, and by the way, the bulk of the cost is not the physical act of drilling. The bulk of the cost is city permits and environmental (laughs) reviews and, and getting approval to attach more things to the line or to the poles. And Uh I, I mean, if there wasn't so much bureaucracy in Seattle, the cost would have been a tenth as much. And then it would have been a total of 10,000. And Comcast might have even been like, yeah, we might make 10,000 off of you over the entire lifetime of the house. Yeah. Okay. We'll cover it. 
But they did the math and they're like, this is only for one house. We're not going to make a hundred grand off of this house, no matter who lives there for how long. So no, you're, you're going to cover some of it. Well, you know, digging in the ground could disrupt the natural habitat of the Peruvian ground frog, who um, is yeah. known to uh, There's probably the some area. species of banana slug that needs to be protected. And it's like uh, for Comcast, like this is just doing business. You know, there's it again, is. there's a cost. Yeah. And I, I, I hate Comcast as much as the next person. There's a lot of things wrong with the way they do business, but making the business decision of saying, no, it's, it's not going to be financially worth it to provide you service is, is something that every company needs to be able to do. As uh, Servo pointed out in the troll room, if you're not in the troll room, when we do the show live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central trollroom.io, you're missing out. He's like, get a neighbor to set up a laser. And I was thinking something similar to that, which is setting up a point to point. There's a lot of ways to get Internet to somebody that. But you- oh, I, according to the article, one of the things that had the previous owner had done was they had a wink, wink uh, uh, agreement with their neighbor who has where the, the neighbor just well no no it wasn't wi-fi they ran a cable to the na- next door neighbor who had comcast wait wait, and- wait 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 so if, if they can personally run a cable why can't this doesn't make any sense then i i agree and i'm not a comcast technician so i can't tell you why they don't think they can but apparently uh the next door neighbor when the house was sold said you know i didn't actually have a you know, I didn't have good luck with that and they weren't always paying on time. So I'm not going to do that again. So the new owners are not getting offered the same, the same handshake deal. So your next anyway, door neighbor has wired internet and Comcast is like, no, can't figure yeah. out a way to get it to you. No. I, I, and you know what? I believe that because some of those texts really are not very imaginative. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, you just get a, like a hundred so, foot of cat six and throw it across the yard. It's great. So, so apparently in Seattle, what they're getting right now is uh, a T-Mobile hotspot in order to get their internet uh, or AT&T or whatever. And, you know, the mobile hotspots always seem like a great idea right up until you pass the one gigabyte mark, which is really easy to do listening to podcasts or watching videos or yeah, 4k uh, video or, or downloading a single Ars Technica article. <laughs> is there a lot involved in that? And, well, if, if you don't have an ad blocker, there is. And once you pass that, they start throttling. And now your dial-up speed. And and every one of the mobile operators that I've seen does this, which is like, and they're like, oh, well, you can raise your gigabyte cap. Like, yeah, what I want is no cap. Where do you offer that? Oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, but if you buy this device, you can get 10 gigabytes. Just buy an extra device with an extra line of service. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm still where I would always own my own modem. I'm renting from Xfinity because that's the only way they'll give you free uh, unlimited bandwidth. Otherwise, it's like we'll either charge you if I'm the numbers. I may be butchering because it's been like a year or two and I should check and make sure this is still the way it is. But it was like, well, it's $50 a month for unlimited bandwidth or you can rent our modem for $20 a month and we'll give it to you free. So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was like, that's (laughs) so of course I'll take your modem and then wow. Yeah. Making, making economic decisions based on value equations. I know people should learn how to do that. You're so old fashioned. I know. 
I, no, I'm going to stand on my own two feet. I don't want it. I'm not going to pay you oh, bastards. The, oh, and the last thing in the in the uh, Ars Technica piece on Comcast was the they they just kind of mentioned this and then didn't follow it at all. Was uh, that they said uh, and uh, you know five G is is available from uh, whatever company ATT whatever five uh, G is supposed to be available in all of northern Seattle, but for some reason, because there were trees in the way, the signal doesn't get through and is, the 5G is unreliable. Technology, like, okay. baby. So, so we were we were putting up a, a 5G hotspot every 20 meters throughout the entire city. Thousands and thousands of these things. And you can't go through a tree. It's very line of sight. They're going to fry your brain with the waves, too. But let's <laughs> not worry about to. that. They have to, they have to like create a, a low level x-ray field over the entire city in order to get decent speeds. But once you do, the speeds they promise are really good. There was a, uh, somebody mentioned this and I don't remember who on no agenda social that they were watching the series called woke, which is on Hulu right now, which is, uh, it's a really funny series. I've watched it. The uh, guy that is the lead. If you watched uh, the show with Zooey Deschanel, what was that called? Uh, um, uh, it was in Chicago. What? No, <laughs> a different show. But the one a that different, played, different Deschanel, right? The one that played Winnie on the show. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, sure. I mean, you would know it if you saw it. She was nice to look at in the 90s. There's nothing else about her I'm interested in. That it went horribly wrong. Well, he, he gets uh, he's a cartoonist. And he does a little doodle cartoon like CSB would, but it's butter and toast. And he makes a bunch of money and he's trying to do right. And he somehow gets hooked up with this thing that is making sneakers for to give away to homeless people. And they have like really thick soles. And it turns out there's like three uh, uh, 5G chips in all of the sneakers. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like walking down the street one day. And the cops are busting like homeless encampment after homeless encampment. He's like, they're using the sneakers to to track all of the homeless people. And I'm like, wow, you know what? I could see the government doing that. That's a genius idea. Give them free sneakers with trackers in them. And and obviously the reason why you would start this program is so that you can help people if they ever get into an emergency situation, because if if say you're about to get mugged or you fall off a bridge overpass or you get in a situation, you really need emergency services. Not all these people have cell phones, but if you can just click your heels together three times and say, there's no place like homeless, there's no place like homeless. <laughs> wow. There's an opener. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is again, this is the liberal mindset of helping people. This is how the kind of stuff that happens. Because eventually once, once you get the technology rolled out that was absolutely put in with the idea that it is only going to be used for good. Now, somebody next person comes along and looks at this and says, we have this technology. I bet we can screw people with it. Uh-huh. Well, I mentioned this on today's Random Thoughts, which was a delightful episode. I haven't listened to it yet. Well, I just dropped it like 20 minutes before this show. So it would be hard to uh, it's a it's a long podcasting day now, Wednesdays. But Google is now going to be blacking out, probably not the most uh, politically correct term for Google to use, and they probably didn't. They're going to be taking your GPS data if you have an Android phone. I mean, again, I hope I'm not really spoiling the lead here that your Android phone 
if your GPS is on, most likely tracking every move you make. Yeah. Well, I don't think my GPS has been enabled in my phone since 2017. That's a good idea. Because now, though, if you end up going to places like an abortion clinic, Google <laughs> will automatically remove that data for you because it's oh, sensitive. Mm hmm. They're, so they're yeah. going to have some places that are too uh, sensitive. And I want to know, will will they automatically be removing my data if I if I appear at, say, a Trump rally? That was my question. I'm like, January 6th, oh, you know, that was <laughs> exactly it. Is that sensitive information? Because I'm betting no. But I want to know how much trouble this is going to cause when, you know, you're looking at the data, say, on your husband or wife's phone. And all of a sudden there's this big empty block of missing time because google took all this stuff out and they're like what are you hiding i don't know so i know this is going to fall on deaf ears especially amongst the generations of people now who have grown up with a cell phone grafted to their left ear their entire life but if you're gonna it it feels like the the ship has sailed it's common sense now if you're going to be at a place where you know the, you you might get repercussions for having been there like say a trump rally or, or uh you know if if you're going to be uh, buying drugs or something leave your phone at home what you can do they, that? they can track you all they want if they're tracking your house really no your phones will track you i I don't know. You know what? I left my phone at home when I went to a baseball game in Seattle. Well, because how did I you didn't pay want... for anything? I uh, <laughs> mooched off my brother. I told oh, you that. Oh, that's right. Good idea. <laughs> I don't have my phone, so I can't pay. Sorry. He had no problem with it. Yeah, I didn't want to be. I didn't want. I didn't. I don't know who wants that data, and I don't care. I didn't want anybody to have the data that I was connected to cell towers inside the stadium. So my phone wasn't with me. Actually, it was with me because I, but for other reasons, but it was off. Uh, here, uh, Mission Control, we don't have eyes on Bemrose. Uh, we have a problem. We have And a it's problem. an Android, which uh, the Apple phones, if you listen to a recent Angry Tech News, they can track your Apple phones and uh, still run malware if the phone is off. But they haven't figured out how to do that with Android that I know of. Well, that's good. I mean, Apple, they're making it really easy for these stalkers with the Apple AirTags. Oh, yeah. that Well, that's exactly how. Even when the phone is off, the find my network and the chip that connects to that is still on. Oh. And you can uh, ha- researchers figured out and we, we don't know how many hackers and, and black hats have figured this out. But a white hat figured out how to put malware on that chip. And you can't turn that chip off as long as there's charge in the battery and you can't even take the battery out. Well, this is for your convenience. You can find the phone if you accidentally lose it while it's off. Yes, and it can participate in a botnet even when you're not using it. Yes. It is a great stalker's tool, and I still can't figure out why when people buy one of these, I mean, they track you for everything else. Why doesn't Apple make sure the only way to sell this to somebody is to have trackable information? I mean, people can still lie, but it makes it a lot harder to randomly just toss one of these on somebody. I, I don't know. You're, you're, uh, you're acting like Apple has any interest in, in in your privacy. (laughs) No, they don't. Admittedly, Apple does have more incentive toward privacy than any other Silicon Valley company because they are one of the few companies left that 
for whom their customer is still the people buying the device instead of the advertisers they're selling the people buying the device to. Like well, they still Google. try to do both. Yeah, they, they're they're definitely still kind of a hardware company, but they're moving along. You know, services are now a big part of Apple. There's a lot of money and, involved. Yeah, yeah. What else do you got this week? Uh, I'm done with Netflix. Yay. I mean, just you personally or me personally. The, well, the, the cuties uh, again, thing wasn't I, enough. Uh, if, if you listen to angry tech news, I've definitely talked at length about Netflix having entered a, a death spiral. Well, subscription um, they, sharing cuties. The, the lack company of good is content. doing the company is, is hemorrhaging money or, or they're hemorrhaging users. They're, um, they're hemorrhaging money and they are trying to save money by doing more user hostile things by squeezing money out of the customers that they still have, which causes hemorrhaging more customers, which, and so on. That's the spiral. When a company gets into that point where in order to make operating revenue, they have to start squeezing the people they have, causing them to lose more subscribers. That's the spiral. And Netflix has absolutely entered that. And, uh, this is not necessarily Netflix's fault. In fact, it's Paramount's fault. Um, but it, it was the last straw for me. They dropped Star Trek. Like the only reason why I continued to have Netflix, because anything made in 2020, 2021 or 2022 is just garbage on that service. I'm just not interested at all. There are so many, you know, they have churning out B movie after B movie. Some of them are woke and some of them are just bad. But the only thing I ever used Netflix for, for the last six months was I still go back and I'll just turn on. You know, Deep Space Nine or Voyager or Enterprise and just be like, let's let that play while I'm coding. And it is, fan, you know, because I've seen all of them, so I don't have to pay attention. I don't have to give it too much attention. And but it's still like it. I know that it's good, decent content that I don't have to cringe at. Uh, some of it is cringeworthy. But either way, it it fit my workflow great. And now. They dropped Star Trek. The reason they dropped Star Trek, I suspect, is because uh, CBS or Paramount or whoever, um, who who have proudly displayed all of the super shitty new Star Trek series, right. I think they took the back catalog back. But either yes. way, Netflix has not replaced it with anything I care to watch. And so I looked at this and I'm like, it's not worth the value anymore. Sorry. I just looked this up. There's a website, justwatch.com, where it tries to. It's not always 100% right, but it will tell you where you can stream stuff. Right now, I just did uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the only place with all seven seasons. The other ones only have one. The only place with all seven seasons is Paramount Plus. So, yeah, they. Yep. You want to watch Star Trek? You come pay us. Uh, piracy. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're they're trying to build up their streaming service in you know, to make it, I, th- this is, it's kind of hilarious. The problem that we had with cable was you had, you know, in order to get all the content you wanted to watch, you had to subscribe to 20 streaming channels. And so we got bundles and then the bundles were terrible. And so we started, you know, it, it's funny how the, the, the options expand and contract for a while. You could get everything in existence by streaming on the only streaming service, which was Netflix. And now there's two dozen streaming services. And boy, if you subscribe to all of them, you're paying cable rates. Yeah, more probably at this point. Yeah. 
Man, I, I can't uh, yeah. understand why people might go to piracy and have their own hard drives filled with the kind of stuff they might want. I watch. don't know. And, you know, if if I had gone that route and just downloaded all seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, I would still be able to use them no matter what Paramount does. Yeah. But I tell you what, I, I, I've seen enough discovery to know that I'm never going to give Paramount any of my money because Alex Kurtzman destroyed Star Trek. And if they're going to shut off all of the old stuff, I guess I'm going to go back to reading books or something. That's not a bad idea. It isn't. At least books you can still buy a la carte. The franchise, both franchise of Star Wars and Star Trek, just totally gutted. It's kind of sad. Well, yeah. As growing up. George Lucas cashed out at the right time when some people still had some faith in the corpse of what he had got, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, it could have been great, but not when you're you're literally, like you said, it's now become the corpse and they're trying to get every Not when they've got their printing press press stamping out a new one every year and they're all. And people are hating them. I mean, I did not watch any of the uh, Obi-Wan series they came out with, but just reading the reviews and what people on social media were saying, it sounded like it was the worst thing ever. And I, I wouldn't know the. The only things I've seen in the Disney era, I saw Solo, and I didn't hate it if it's standalone. I didn't think it fit very well in the canon, but it was it, it was a passable action flick. It was on par with all of the the you know the stuff that has a tenth of the budget that appears on Netflix. Right, right. And um, the standalone thing makes a lot of sense, and I can go along with that and enjoy it. A lot of people, though, if you do anything in that universe, it's got to all make sense in every other context. And it's like that gets tiresome. Oh, well, I, I, I can't be that kind of fan anymore. No, it gets tiresome. Yeah, I I, I tried that. You know what? I, I had I was like that. The last thing I was like that for was the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I got Marvel fatigue after one of the Avengers movie. I think the one or was it Captain America? Whatever. They, they're all they all blend together. But the one where for plot reasons and nothing else, because they needed to turn the whole universe in a particular way where they they couldn't keep churning out new villains. So they needed the heroes to turn against each other. And so mysteriously, Iron Man and Captain America went from being best buds over to wanting to kill each other and causing lots of property damage. And I'm like, okay, so you've, completely erase these characters for no reason i and th- this is how you drive the whole cinematic universe now and i don't need this anymore I mean, it's also just, just possible that captain america and iron man had a podcast together you know that does happen <laughs> but you and i never liked each other you well, know that that is the easiest way to go never do a podcast with somebody you like it will never yeah. work out it's <laughs> Which is which is also the same advice I had when I was doing audio testing back in, in Windows was uh, never test with anything you like, because once you've listened to it 181 times, you won't like it. So start with something you don't like. Yeah, that's very true. There was a lot of stuff, music that I did not personally listen to that I used to demonstrate speakers back in the day at Circuit City, because the more you hear something, it's rare that you don't just become completely. Uh, programmed against especially when you're hearing it over and over at work 
It does yeah. not. It's that whole Pavlov's dog thing. It's not a good interaction in your mind. But it was always fun selling audio gear. We used to get these little uh, KLH, I think was the brand. These were the speakers that they always gave away free. This was like the biggest scam when you used to see that in ads for Circuit City. And I'm sure they weren't the only ones doing it, but like buy this surround sound system and get a free, 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 free pair of speakers. And it's like a, uh, <laughs> you know, 1995 retail pair of speakers. And they were just horrible. They yeah. were the most horrible little speakers in the world. So when we used to get new sets of them in, we would just hook them up to a very powerful amp, turn it up really loud and just hear them go. <laughs> that was it, man. That was it. Do you ever do the thing where you tape a penny to the speaker cone? No, but that that would probably do a similar thing to making the sound not so good. Yeah, it, it doesn't do wonders for the sound. But if you if you turn it way up, then the first boom, you end up with a projectile. It's kind Ooh. of fun. Yeah, the vibrate. It's, it's amazing. I mean, that people could use that if they don't have guns. You could just put a penny on a speaker, turn it up, and boom. It, it also very occasionally does tear the speaker cone out of the speaker, which is not great for the sound. No, no, that's also bad. That is also bad. But I learned selling the audio gear that so many people were tone deaf that it really didn't matter. I mean, oh, I yeah. have I have really good ears, probably because I have really bad eyes, and. I can hear the difference in this stuff. There are people that I would just be playing the worst sounding stuff in the world for. They'd be like, no, that's fine. So you played Taylor Swift for them. (laughs) She wasn't around yet. Oh, okay. I mean, that was before Taylor's time. I just meant these quality. We're talking like Duran Duran, the quality of the gear. Like, I mean, this was, uh, I remember playing. Well, if you really wanted to have some good stuff, I mean, I did play like dire straits, brothers in arms. There's some really well recorded stuff, but it was more, uh, like uh Aaron Neville, who I like. I mean, he's not bad, but he has you know good voice. Uh Rebecca Pigeon, who's a jazz singer. Again, not what I would normally listen to, but just to show off the speaker. And when you get a really clear female voice and like an acoustic instrument, the difference between speakers That's- becomes very apparent between the stuff that can accurately reproduce. It's a lot harder if you're like listening to KISS, you know? I yeah, mean it's it's pure tones. Uh-huh. Like you could you can listen to a podcast with my voice and you could have the cheapest, crappiest earbuds and my voice sounds about the same. But you drop Larry on there and a pair of speakers really makes sense because pure tones. Same thing is if you're, you know, if you're listening to a really good, clear speaker or a, a, a singer like, uh, I don't know, uh, Adele comes to mind, somebody who can really hit clear tones. And you compare that to, uh, and I'm going to date myself with this one, but uh, someone like Blink-182 who came out of the <laughs> the 90s tendency to completely, you know, if, if there is any spot in the spectrum that doesn't have a um, full line right up to the compression point, then add another instrument. That, that sort of music from back then. Um, it doesn't matter what the speakers are because it's all kind of trending toward white noise. Yes, it's that line is... Uh is straight across it's fun to take this is by all the by the way one of the reasons why we tested audio gear mainly with sine waves well that yeah that makes sense that makes sense because it is true and you can put a microphone in the room and see how it's doing and the mathematics work out pretty dang well like uh you you record what you get back and uh do a, a fft on the waveform 
And if you get any spikes at any location other than the tone you played, then you know the speaker's bad. And you, I mean, people like a slightly muddied sound. I mean, people usually want it to be, especially if you like rock and rap, well, you want the bass to be really jacked up, but what you, you want to start with a clear tone and see how accurate I, it is. I don't like listening to clipping no matter what the genre. Oh, no, you don't want clipping. That means you're putting too much wattage into the cottage and the speaker just can't handle that. Yeah, or or just over compressing the, the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, take take some files. I mean, go and take some any yeah. pop music. Take the wave file, put it into an audio editor and just look at it. You know, don't listen. Just look at it. And you're like, oh, I mean, I kind of gave up on the punk genre because everything that came out of it was square waves. Even their voice, they somehow <laughs> managed to make it a square wave. Well, that's the sound. They want it just to punch you in the face and it all sounds the same. Well, see what Larry, you need a subwoofer to get the full experience. Maria. Yes. Yeah. You need the uh, Marie N not M, but you need to uh, get the full Larry experience. You need a subwoofer. I, I, I heard his name was Arian. Could be. I read that earlier. It depends. If you look and you just kind of glance over, you see different things. Yes, I, I I need to stop glancing over because you guys are distracting. What? Why? How dare they? How dare they? Yeah. What the hell? How dare you listen to our show live? This is live, live, live on the mighty No Agenda Stream. Noagendastream.com. The, the only other thing I've got on my rundown is uh, a brief follow up on the Manifest V3. I think we mentioned that last week. Remind people what the Manifest V3 is. Um, <clears throat> Manifest V3 is uh, a new browser API to plugins, to browser extensions that Google is pushing, which uh, their claim is uh, because there are a lot of malware extensions out there and 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 our our extension catalog is not bothering to filter out all the malware ones. And so people are installing them and getting malware. So instead we're going to make it so the browser has fewer capabilities so that the extensions can't do anything. And the result of this is, uh, Oh, by the way, just as a, a casualty of, of trying to make the, the Google, uh, extension store safer, they're breaking all ad blockers. Well, that makes sense. So they can charge more for their ads. Well, what makes sense is that Google is an ad company, but they they swear they're not trying to break ad blockers. It's just a side effect because too many people are downloading extensions that have malware. And I'm like, You're, we're downloading from you. How about you run some damn filters? But anyway, um, they don't want to do that work. They'd rather break it. Well, um, I was reading up another story on. Yet another a chicken little sky is falling argument about the this manifest V3, which I got to admit, if you are married to the Chrome browser, then the sky is falling because your ad blockers are going to become completely ineffective. Your browsing bandwidth is going to skyrocket. Your data is going to start hemorrhaging all over the place as soon as Chrome releases whatever release they have that that removes the V2 of, of this API. Now, if you realize that only the Chrome browsers are going to be removing the V2 of the API and that browsers like Firefox are going to continue supporting ad blockers for a while, then you're not nearly as worried. But there are a lot of chicken little. And I I just wanted to read a comment that I pulled off of Soylent News because it was something that I 
had not really thought of, but it absolutely makes sense with regards to what Google is doing, et cetera. And it says, uh, you know, ad blockers, or, well, the, it, this was in response to somebody saying, well, you don't need an ad blocker in your browser. Just use your pie hole, which is pretty <laughs> damned effective right now. Yes. But the comment is ad companies get smarter too. They now want to hear back from your browser that it got their ad crap. And if they don't hear back from you, they inform the site that they infect that you're not playing nice with them. And if the website wants their money, you sh- they shouldn't play nice with you. So your browser plugin has to pretend that the ad that it actually pestered you with their, or has to pretend to the ad that right. it actually pestered you with their bullshit to tell you the website with the content you want that it should no longer hold that content hostage. In other words, blocking ads at a router level isn't going to work for many pages. You need to have the browser do the super secret handshake with the ad hijacker holding your content hostage and dupe it into thinking that you were properly badgered with their advertising so that the site will give you your content. And yeah, with JavaScript handshakes, that I think is, is where, where the ads are going because, um, there, as many articles as you see to users saying your ad blocker is not going to work. You're going to get blasted with advertising. There's just as many articles in, in advertising journals saying, Hey, advertisers, the era of being able to sell ads to people is going away. Ad blockers are going to destroy your business. Which has been the chicken little pointed in that direction for 15 years. But the war on ad blockers is real. And at some point, um, they're not going to let you just block your double click.net and, and pretend like you got the ad. I think that will be the downfall of a lot of websites. I mean, not everybody does ads. I mean, this is, there will be always be ways around to get information that you want, but. I think you're seeing this now because um, you block, I think the same way I do pie hole and then other ad blockers. Yeah. Well, I, I block at the pie hole and then I also run you block origin and you'll run into websites then that will give you the, Oh, you're running an ad blocker. And there's, there's two different versions of this. There's one that you can say, continue without, and they'll let you on their site. But there's also ones now. Yeah. Those are the ones that are just trying to shame you into watching ads. Yes. And those I'll still look at some information on the site, but for the ones, you know, like the Chicago Tribune, who's just trying to get you to buy a subscription and it's like, no, cause your news is available everywhere. Then you just yeah. don't go to that site anymore. Yeah. Then the news sites that are like, if, if you know, you have to watch ads or you don't get any stories from our site i'm like your your proposal is acceptable yes i'll go somewhere else you have enough competition yeah and not only by the way that is the beautiful thing about competition if if a company does something user hostile users go elsewhere that's how capitalism works yeah and the concept that you can run an online web empire with visible ads you know, which is what most of these are. Although, I mean, I guess some of these maybe now pop up a video in front of you. <sighs> yeah, I know. That's that's a whole nother type of hell. Watch this before you can visit our website. It's, now, uh, I will say that when I browse with JavaScript off, which is most pages, there there are an increasing number. At this point, it's probably 40, 50% of sites out there that just straight won't load at all without JavaScript. And I I... There may come a point where I decide that I have to turn browsing on because there's just too many. 
I haven't reached there yet. The other half, the ones that still use HTML the way HTML was intended, are still giving me the data I need. Well, most but, of the Java stuff is because they want to throw different sites at you for mobile and different size screens. Well, well right? okay, let's 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 be very clear. Most of the Java stuff is so that they can dynamically load ads once they get your user agent and IP. Well, that's true too. They want to make and, some money. And in in places like that, the we notice you're watching an ad blocker is entirely JavaScript enabled. So I never see that. There is one one thing that shows and that is if you put the nag message in a no script tag then the browser is intended to only show it if scripts don't run and those are easy enough to block with a css blocker so a lot of people don't realize those exist they are very handy for a lot of sites yeah the ones you could even just rewrite the css for individual sites yes uh what's the one i use uh there's stylish style yeah, yeah. style i think is what a stylish ended up being malware i think and then that I'm, turned I'm to styler saying. i think yeah i'm trying to i am running one called stylum stylum so there's a yeah. thousand of these things out there yeah well the, the it was open source they forked it and do a lot but the the original one which i think was stylish ended up getting bought out and turned into malware so oh go figure oh it's a good product yeah. we'll be and, able and to and of course uh, google doesn't bother filtering that out of their yeah <laughs> But it's very helpful if you want to remove certain items from a page because normally they're in a div that has their own ID to it or something like that. It's, oh, yeah. it's nice that if you go to websites often and they're just small annoyances, you too can change that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Grease Monkey was an early one servo. I think Grease Monkey's also gone the like malware crap route. I know there's like Violent Monkey now or something like that. There's, there's a lot of monkeys. Yeah. Uh, the, the Chrome version, I think, is called Tamper Monkey. Yes. Yeah. There, and there's I mean, the, just look for something that all of them run something called user scripts, which is uh, a, a bit of JavaScript that runs in the browser that the user has full control over. And that is the kind of JavaScript that I let run because I most of them are scripts that I wrote. Well, I mean, I, not, you, not everybody wants to write JavaScript there. That way lies madness. But well, if you wrote them, how do you know they're safe? I know that they're unsafe and I know exactly how they're unsafe. And more importantly, I know how to circumvent them. Oh, well, that's good. And you will be happy to let people know how to do that for the right amount of money. Right. Right. I don't know what that right amount is. We keep, it has to keep going up. You have to boost. Yeah. Boost. In fact, it, boost it, it will, yeah, it will go up as soon as you uh, make me an offer. Right. I mean, this is a value for value podcast. I mean, you should all be boosting right now. I mean, if you're listening live, then boost a gram. And maybe something will get read. But if this isn't live, dude, if you're not on a new podcast app, newpodcastapps.com, go get one. And that way you can just stream some Satoshis. Because as we talked about at the beginning of the show, that's like real money now. I like it. But we do. Well, I mean, it's worth just as little as real money these days. True. It's all just because you believe it has value. But we have a couple people to thank, including. The folks over on our grumpy old Ben's uh, Patreon, which still exists. And uh, it's kind of been, you know, those folks have been jostled around a little bit. But I talked with uh, Gene about that on uh, the last unrelenting because that we had kind of been like, well, if uh, we're moving the unrelenting thing because grumpy old Ben's wasn't around. Well, we never really rebranded the Patreon because I mean, lazy and never changed that. So uh, 
you know, Gene has said, okay, he's, he's wiped his hands clean and the grumpy old Ben's Patreon is now just for grumpy old Ben's Patreon. So if you're there and you don't like grumpy old Ben's, well, then you're probably not listening to me telling you this, but we told him that over on unrelenting as well. Now would be the time to not be on the grumpy old Ben's Patreon. But if you're there and you like grumpy old Ben's, you're in exactly the right place. And maybe we'll someday use that for posting other content. You can never tell. But over there is our buddy, Brian Janak, coming in with 10 bucks a month. He's been over there for a long time. Long time. We appreciate that, Brian. Manny Shevitz. Now, that was a name that was around back when Grumpy Old Benz was around and that disappeared when the Unrelenting show came. So he's back when Grumpy Old Benz being back. So obviously he likes Ryan. Which, I mean, we won't hold that against him, but he comes Well, obviously, in. I mean, that's the only reason anybody ever donated to Grumpy Old Benz, as far as I know. No, of course. Except for CSB. Yeah. He's here for you. He's just, that's, that is so obvious. He does not like you. He does not like Gene. He kind of likes Larry, but he. So, he, so we have people who stayed on the Patreon for the whole time we weren't making shows. Yes. And they were. Do being, you think that, do you think that they realized we stopped making shows? I think so. Do you think they were even listening or they were just like, eh, I like the name Grumpy Old Benz. We're just going to send them money. We need more of that. They do. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're the kind of person who just wants to send money to somebody without having to deal with it, we won't pester you. Just send us money and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. You send us money. We'll take it. I mean, that's it's a system. I like that system. But we appreciate that, Manny. And uh, Dennis Woods, five bucks. He's been coming in as you know, way back to the early grumpy old Ben days. Stephen McConnell, five bucks. Stephen Jones, which I believe is new, at uh, five bucks. And that was not on the Patreon. That was uh, through the old-fashioned PayPal method. And of course, yes, boostagramming us, our buddy CSB. You'll hear his ads on pretty much every podcasting 2.0 show, including Curry and the Keeper with Adam Curry and Tina including the podcasting 2.0 podcast everywhere people are taking boostagram csb uses this as an opportunity to spend three dollars which which as infuriating as it is i have to recognize that that's genius it is marketing genius because we're still reading it and it's it, he sent it a boostagram to the rock and roll pre-show that was like 1500 sets and i'm like that's 29 cents csb how much airtime do you think 29 cents gets you <laughs> I mean, come on, but he sends in his 15,033 sats saying, howdy, Ryan and Darren. Glad to see that your tech podcast is back so I can compete with Leo Laporte. So it can't compete with Leo Laporte. Wow. He says uh, he is the Adam Curry hater. Okay. I, I don't know about you. We haven't really had this meeting. I don't want to lower the level of our content that far. To go down to Leo's level. Yeah. So yeah, no, no nudie pics on screen. Well, I, I'm willing to podcast nude if somebody wants to pay me, but we don't record video, so it might not be worth it for you. That would be going on the uh, the OnlyFans version. In, in fact, during the couple months when the temperature is way up around here, that I mean, that's pretty much a guarantee. Anyways, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm full of good visuals today. That's always in CSB's email. So anyways, please enter in web browser or any podcast app. AI. No. Cooking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. If you want to listen to the silky voice of Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from Kent in Old England, it's, I don't think they call it that, but uh, talking about the latest news about artificial intelligence, he says a boot. 
artificial intelligence. Maybe is CSB Canadian by any anybody. I don't know. This claim? segment is making me want to develop a podcast ad blocker, but go on. <laughs> My cartoons are available at csb.lol in all of them. Soon to be available NS- NFTs on demand. Just ask. Whoa. No CSB. No. No NFTs on demand. And uh, no, we also well, there shouldn't there should be no demand for NFTs, but there are people out there with that seem to think that yeah. Blue Deuce just sent us five thousand sats and said modem squawk. We appreciate that. And Boobery, who sent a twelve thousand sats to the rock and roll pre-show, but said, How dare you boost this show live? And we're the ones that are live right now. So I think Boobery just maybe doesn't like you and just wanted yeah, to that's send probably me it. some sats. So uh it's hard to tell. It's a lot of moving things going on here, but we appreciate everybody that listens live, supports the show. The uh, the Patreon channel, not a bad place to be if you're on Patreon, because uh, we can put some bonus material there easily, which uh, it, you never know what that might be. You never know. It won't be an NFT, though. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. This is uh, Schultz from... Uh, from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Great yes. show. Great Although show. I think most of the people in the community have probably never seen Hogan's Heroes and only oh. heard that from Dvorak's impression. Maybe, but you can download Hogan's Heroes and watch it. The uh, the rips that are oh, out there. Oh, is are, that on Netflix? They're the, fantastic. Might be. It's on or my is own it on NAS. Pirate Bay. Yes. On Pirate Bay. But just go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and you can find all the information and value for value shows. I mean, there's no paywall here. You can listen to this free. And that's worth every penny of it. But may, maybe you find some value. I don't do shows free. You, you you have to. I do shows value for value. You, I, if you listen to my show, then you owe me something. Oh, this is of part value. of the contract. Yes. Now, it, now it, it's up to you to determine how much value that is. And it might just be, you know, trolling me and telling me how much I suck on No Agenda Social. But you owe me. You're going to have a lot of people all of a sudden telling you you suck on no agenda social. Well, at least I won't notice a difference. True. You have them all muted. <laughs> That's right. Blocked. Blocked. Yes. Blocked. I will block you. I will never hear from you again. Blocking is love. No, wait. Blocking is and quite the opposite. In fact. Yes. That's that's true. Muting is love. Blocking is no an attack. No, no. Right? Muting and blocking are both the cheap way out of the situation. I don't. I've never blocked anybody, and I. Are you I have till muted, the death? But I have muted, but only for spam, not because somebody's being. Because it is far, far more satisfying to troll than to block. Is it? I. Yes. If if somebody is in desperate need of being taken down a peg, who am I to deny myself the opportunity <laughs> to be the instrument of their karma? Ooh, yeah, karma. There's a lot of that going on in the troll room. Sometimes karmaing themselves. <laughs> Come on, trolls, up your game, behave, don't be dicks. Or as I as I said recently on a podcast, I said uh, I'm not going to block somebody. Why? Why would I let them off the hook easy and deny them the fire hose of my scorn? This is true. <laughs> Boobery, twenty four thousand sats. I fucked up. So here's a make good. Also, also a boost for behind the schemes is a boost for Sir Bemrose. Oh, yes. Uh, That, by the way, was really awesome. I'm very thankful to Booberry for doing this. He included me in the value block for behind the schemes 
because an important part of his workflow now for that show is the chapters app. That oh, he's doing chapters. He's He's been doing chapters forever. He is the one person in all of podcasting that is straight up doing chapters. Right. Well, possibly Dreb Scott, but, but Booberry is, I mean, the chapters on behind the schemes are uh, in depth. They, they all tend to link back to the Substack, which has a bunch of interactive stuff and a ton of links and images and stuff, but he's got the chapter images. He's got the, the chapter links. He's got the, I mean, Everything that it's possible to do in the podcasting 2.0 chapter spec, he is doing and then bringing people out to his show notes in, you know, with with animated gifts to draw you in. Uh, You know, it's psychedelic watching this in a podcast app. His chapters are the best chapters in all of podcasting right now. Damn, that's high praise. But and he he does that. I I, I mean, I'm not taking credit for what he does because like I don't do anything to prepare the gifts other than give you a spot to put the URL. But he does all of this. And uh, the the app that I wrote is part of his workflow. So he has decided that I get uh, a, a small share of every boost that goes into behind the schemes, which means that uh, now I really, really, really need to fix my filtering because I have four different shows that are coming into my node. And it means that they're <laughs> scrolling off the end of my list. Yeah. Well, with, being on the uh, the value and yes, block. I am complaining about getting money. That's what we do on this. Being on the value block for behind the schemes. I mean, that's got to be getting you at least 50, 60 cents a year. I, I'm not convinced so far. <laughs> it could be less. I'm, I don't. Hey, I don't want to get your hopes up with that kind of hey, money. They get, they get decent boosts. Yeah. I mean, they're not the R&R show, but they, they do all right. They do. They have transcripts yet. Do we got transcripts going on there, boo? They have all the transcripts they need. NetNed boosted uh, twenty two twenty two, saying Bemro sucks? Question mark. Yeah, you're doing it right, NetNed. That's absolutely right. You send in funds and say Bemro sucks, but uh, you you should do it with. My Net- wife has no complaints. Right. They're like they're sending you money to sell, tell you you suck. Yes. Well, just keep that up. Doing a good job. We should just set a minimum of like, uh, you know, 30,000 sats or something, whatever. What is like three bucks today? And in Satoshi's. I know it's Uh, uh, I know there's there's ways to look. I I make it a point not to remember this, partly because it 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 is important to know, especially as the the value of the dollar is tanking so brutally uh, that when you look at alternate stuff like Bitcoin, don't think about donations like oh this turned out to be 60 cents no you you look at this and like net net just sent 2222 and those sats are i mean what will it buy today uh, a quarter of a candy bar maybe but you know if you sit on them it might be worth more later either way i'm looking forward to the point when things that aren't vpns can be bought with lightning node and i don't have to think about the the rate of exchange between them anymore yeah and just hope the government never figures out that lightning nodes exist and that there's funds going back and forth right now i I, i'm not convinced you know we we had a thesis early on this show that bitcoin could be shut down the moment that the government came out and said this is illegal and and then china did exactly that and it didn't really have I mean, if you were Chinese, then it probably had a big effect if you were into Bitcoin, but the rest of us know not so much. 
And so I'm no longer think I no longer think that that a government making Bitcoin illegal can stop it anymore. Uh, not least because people are getting very used to ignoring stupid shit that the government says. Well, yeah, nobody enforces the law. So what? who cares yeah. if there's a law? Yeah, there are a lot of laws out there now that people are starting to realize, you know, the government says really stupid stuff and there are also not no consequences for ignoring it. So I'm ignoring it. One dollar is forty nine hundred sats. So I am convinced that Bitcoin will continue to live on and will never die until the global power grid crashes and collapses and we all go into the dark ages again. Yeah, when the power grid goes, your little crypto wallets aren't going to be all that useful to you. Yeah. Well, offline storage is important. You'll be able to have it. You won't be able to spend it like real money. Yeah, you know, make sure that you keep that cold storage thumb drive or hard drive with all of your keys and everything, because at some point you're going to be carrying that thumb drive around like you used to carry cash in a wallet. And then you get to a place that has a generator and has power and you'll be able to plug it in uh, hopefully with all the right security in place and pay for goods and services out of the offline wallet. If they have a copy of the whole blockchain stored locally, maybe. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, well, our <laughs> blockchain is from, from July of 2022. So it might be a little bit old and you're like, oh, but you didn't get the 10 million boost from CSB that I have on this wallet then. Right. Nope. Sorry. Damn. That's the way it works. Or doesn't work. I don't know for that matter. I, you know the the number of post apocalyptic Mad Max scenarios that I entertain in my head goes up every day, and because it becomes more and more likely that they are going to happen every day. But that's why we're here. That's why we're bringing you, well, what fear? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. that's kind of uh, we want so, you to be prepared. Uh, fear, panic, and a thick layer of sarcasm. Yeah, we want you to be prepared. If you can't handle those. Don't listen. You should you should be listening to a different show. I always tell people just listen to a different show. Yes. We're not. If even you here. can't handle this much Darren O'Neill, then don't listen to grumpy old Ben's. Go listen to unrelenting or planet rage instead. Yeah. Do not listen to random thoughts. Do not listen to the rock and roll pre-show. <laughs> That's what I got the other day when logging in for the uh, and starting the rock and roll pre-show was the trolls were on in rare form because the whoever started it with. Hey, this sounds like the guy that's on unrelenting and somebody else is like, no, it's the one that's on grumpy old bands. And like, no, he sounds like the guy that's on random thoughts. No, he's the one that's on planet rage. All of no, those. it sounds like that artist that Adam and John are always get pitching yes, shit to that. They hate and sometimes <laughs> some weeks I hate them. Some weeks they hate me. It's the circle of life. Oh, total side note. I am about to start making bingo cards for the art segment on no agenda. Um, if somebody has some suggestions, I'm collecting them. Oh, like you want to uh, now, is there going to be uh, like, prizes or this is just for fun? No, no, just just bingo cards. In fact, it'll be one of those bingo card generators where you give it a list of things that get mentioned. Like, uh, you know, it'll be like uh, it, somebody draws something inappropriate, uh, you know, and gets uh, and chided for it. You know, uh, text is too small. Um, you know, Dar the, the center square will be uh, Darren O'Neill gets mentioned. Right. So yeah, that's everybody gets that all the time. It's only fair. The rock and roll pre-show gets pumped out. We get the trolls going. You know, that way, uh, you know, sometimes you play some Backstreet Boys or you play, you know, JCD, he really can't tell what he likes because if it's Iron Maiden, it's too hard. <laughs> and then if it's Journey, it's too soft. I'm like, where's the, okay, where's the creamy marshmallowy center for well, JCD? 
JCD is just about just like me. And that is if he's not complaining, then he's not listening. Right. Right. And if he is listening, he's complaining. But it the way you can tell he likes it is the complaints are not fully harsh. Yes. He doesn't say, get this asshole off now. Yeah. If if he taught if he complains about what you play instead of that you're playing it, then <laughs> then you know he likes it. <laughs> That's a big thumbs up. That is a John C. Dvorak seal of approval. And if you don't know who we're talking about, listen to No Agenda, noagendashow.net. Maybe they have a .com, I think. Now, it's it's hard to tell. And they, listen, They have noagenda.net now. Who noagenda.net. That's easy. I think so. And then you have DH Unplugged, which is his side piece uh, there uh, with uh, Andrew Horowitz. And I'm just trying to keep one show ahead of Adam Curry, who has No Agenda, the podcasting 2.0. Mo Fax, Curry and the Keeper. So, I mean, that's four you, shows. You need to do the interview show to uh, to compete with, with Adam Curry. That's true. I do. I need a fifth show then. Because does the rock and roll pre-show count? I mean, I don't know. These are questions. They have to have answers to them. But well, not on this show, they don't. No. I mean, not in this show. We don't have that kind of time. No. And frankly, I'm bored with this topic. And, well, okay. Do you have anything else? No, I've gone through everything. <laughs> you haven't brought anything to the show yet. No, I did. I was here. Oh. I, I, well, there, we ran, and that's important. <laughs> we ran through your whole list of all the fun stuff. Did we talk about on the last show that uh, Bed Bath & Beyond was turning off the air conditioning because they weren't making enough money? I believe we mentioned Bed Bath & Beyond, but I don't remember that story. So either either we didn't talk about it or I wasn't listening. It's possible. I just thought it was kind of funny because yeah. it's like, of course, this is going to happen. Uh, well, of course. The, uh, we, the, I don't and, think we, and if there's a show that needs proper airflow, it's a show that sells all the perfumed garbage. Oh, I know. I can't stand it. I mean, I don't think it actually sends me into full migraine mode, but it sends me into like slightly nauseous, headachey mode when you walk into any of these places that just is, uh, yeah. you know, like Yankee Candle. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Well, I, I, it makes me grumpy. Uh, there was a, an article Amazon employees demanding that business cease in pro-life states to allow the employees time to grieve. <laughs> you know what? That is great. Let's let the mom and pop stores start to come back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, wants- I'm all for this. I'm, I'm, I am unironically in favor of this proposal. They're like, you want uh, time to grieve? You're fired. There you go. You got plenty of time to grieve now. Ah, the yeah, world's well, going I'm- to hell, my friend. The world's going to hell. I, you know, I, I have to, I have to admit it is kind of refreshing to see a company come out and say, we will pay for you to drive out of state to get an abortion because it's much cheaper than maternity leave. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. The fact that Disney is like really behind killing kids. Uh, do you not know who you're selling your product to? More kids is better for you, Disney. No, I don't think they have any clue. That's probably true. They've just become a big evil corporation who, uh, you know, it's like it's women's rights. Well, what about the other life involved? <laughs> no, they don't have rights. No. Well, actually, actually, the the rationale is very, very simple. And that is uh, if you do not think of that as a person, it's really easy to condemn it to death. Yes. And uh, if if there is. One group of people who are very, very, very good at othering human beings and 
pretending like they're not people for the purpose of denying them rights or life or whatever. Sometimes it's we're the giving modern them progressives. Rights. Yeah, the progressives they'll, they'll deny you're real. The, the so progressives are, are really good at at first deciding who is or isn't a person and therefore deserving of basic human dignity or life. And then once they decide you're not a person like, oh, you voted Trump, therefore you're not a human being and don't deserve, then they can justify inside their head any amount of atrocities because you're not a person. It's literally how a lot of progressives think is, you know, they don't have the the values that say, Oh, I don't like what they did, but they're still a person. So they re- deserve some dignity. It's like, no, right. they, they, they think of you. They're like, if you did something I don't like, you are not a person anymore. And any level of atrocity is justified. And I just started politically ranting. It is the ultimate hypocrisy. The mayor of Chicago today, yesterday, whatever it was said, you know, we need to, there's a lot of people that aren't respecting the police because there was a video of people jumping on top of police cars, kicking police cars, this kind of stuff going on in Chicago over the 4th of July weekend. And the mayor was like, there's a lot of people not respecting the mayor of Chicago. Yeah. But because she, she looks like Beetlejuice, but doesn't act (laughs) nearly as morally. Exactly. And she came out and said, we really need, I'm paraphrasing, but she said something to the effect of that. We really need to have more, decorum in our public discourse right and then everybody's pointing out cut to the video from two days earlier three days earlier whatever it was her on stage here in chicago in front of a crowd yelling fuck clarence thomas fuck clarence thomas (laughs) and then like literally within the same week well we need more decorum in the uh in the public really come on yeah and and just for the record uh if clarence thomas is listening to this episode of grumpy old ben's do not stick your dick in that (laughs) I think he's got way more sense than that. Good. Wow. He also he also has decorum. Yeah, every public statement he's made has been at the peak of respectability and, you know, saying we need to bring dignity back into politics and, you know, the the problems that we're having are a result of people trying to force the court to reach the conclusions they want rather than well, I, rather than standing on principles and the court is all about take principles that exist and apply them. Even if they don't give you the ends that you want. And that's, that doesn't fit with ends justify the means politics where the only you can change the rules every five minutes, as long as at any given point, the rules that you have right now result in the outcome that you, your emotions have predetermined. Yeah. And I would say Clarence Thomas, he would have really good troll game. If he was in the troll room, yes, he would. He would be slaying. No doubt about uh, it. With, within the bounds of Supreme Court decorum, yes. he is an absolute <laughs> troll. Yes. And I love it. You know, he's, it's a, he, he likes poking the bear, which that is. Means, and he's corn pop. Yes. He is a really bad dude. <laughs> yes. And with that said, and, we're and, really bad and, dudes. I, I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I have to mention the stories in multiple mainstream news outlets that said last week that, uh, uh, uh what, what the hell's her name? Katanji Brown, just yeah, like four K- names. Yeah, who cares? Jackson. Yeah. The yeah. Supreme court justice that, that she was the first black Supreme court justice. 
<laughs> they, there were literally stories. Uh, CNN ran one. And, and they believe uh, it. They do because they don't see Clarence Thomas is not black. He's a Republican. Right. So you so can't, can't be, be black. black. Right. <laughs> this is somehow the logic of the left. And they wonder why people run in droves when given the chance. I just want logic. That's all. Somebody to make the right decision You're for the right reason. Uh huh. This concept of, well, we're going to all have to suffer for a hundred years. So generations from now could no leave it up to these assholes. Technology I, keeps getting better. They'll have a they way don't to fix think it. A hundred years ahead. They don't think past the, the, my emotions want me to do this right now. So I'm going to throw a tantrum until it happens. Karen. And then five minutes later, they'll want something else and throw a tantrum till that happens. That's this is literally we are. Our country is being run by toddlers. Yes. Yes, it is. That's why you're listening to us. The grumpy old Ben's program. I should stop ranting. Should we? That means it's the end of the show. I I should stop ranting so we can end the episode. (laughs) With that said, we'll be back again, probably next Wednesday. But it depends If, if you motherfuckers don't boost enough. Maybe we won't be back next Wednesday. Hmm. Think about that. Is it okay to threaten? The, uh, the trolls. Is that okay? Please do. Okay. Uh, with that said, <laughs> I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac. And the only reason I'm still alive is that I am indeed outside of Chirac. And from America's left coast, where just kidding, I will never stop ranting. I'm Ryan Bimrose. <laughs> Thank you.